minus 38 days, 9 hours, 27 minutes, 5 seconds. Georgetown felt electric at dusk. The ocean breeze swept the heat from the streets. Workdays ended, and people relaxed and moved about without the pressing burden of the sun. Zana walked a little taller. It was easier for her to keep to the lengthening shadows. If people couldn't see her coming, if they didn't have time to gather and whisper, then they did little more than stare in surprise as she passed. As a girl, she had thought true freedom was running in the sun, but the truth was, everything was easier in the dark. Abby was exactly where she had said, sitting at a picnic table outside Cynthia's Doubles, a tiny restaurant just off the Palm Line Central Square. It filled the basement of a converted plantation-era home. A short flight of stairs connected the patio with the outdoor service window. I eat here because the food is good and cheap, and I can get the hotel Wi-Fi. Abby motioned to the two-story motel behind the row of palms on the corner. There was a computer bag on the table next to her. The fried bread of her doubles was yellow and covered in crisp bubbles. It was folded over a filling of curried chickpeas. She took a bite. What do you know about him? She asked with her mouth full. Boraro. Zana shook her head and shrugged. Just what people say. She poked at her doubles. Abby had insisted on buying her dinner, but Zana wasn't hungry, despite not having eaten since morning. The nap had helped, but she was exhausted. Her ear hurt. She could feel the scab tighten. At least Sister Rosa had cleaned it. Abby swallowed. He's got a thing for blood. What do you mean? I heard a story. Abby took another bite. When I got here. About these brothers or cousins or whatever from Venezuela. They were moving product in from Colombia. Product. Zana looked at her food. She should probably keep her strength up. She picked up the folded bread and some of the filling fell out the ends and onto the paper plate. It was spicy. Drugs? Abby took a drink and stared at her companion. You really are just a country girl, aren't you? What's that supposed to mean? It's not an insult. It just means you keep things... simple. You think I'm simple? That's not what I said. Zana looked at the palms blowing in the night wind. She could smell the water. It was going to rain later. Maybe I am. But I don't hurt people. And I don't lie. Hey, if it doesn't bother you, it doesn't bother me. It's kind of refreshing, actually. Zana scowled. Why would it bother you? No, that just means I don't... Look, that's not the point. The point is that these two guys were moving in on Mama, right? They figure she's a woman, so she must be a pushover or whatever. Now Mama wants to make a point, so she sends for the man with the mask. Abby waggled her head dramatically. Rumor is he's African, mercenary. Congo, maybe? Or the Sudanese Civil War? No one knows. Why does he wear a mask? Zana forced another bite. Have you ever worn one? Like, not as a joke? Zana shook her head. Try it sometime. So he finds these guys, right? Beats the crap out of one of their dealers. I mean, just wrecks the guy with his fists. He finds out where they are and ties them each to a chair facing each other. Then he bleeds them each from the elbow and collects it in cups or jars or something. Meanwhile, they're gagged and watching it all happen. They had duct tape over their mouths, right? So Barraro takes a plastic funnel, you know, like to do an oil change, and he forces the tip through the duct tape and into their mouths. Abby raised her eyebrows for emphasis and took another drink through the straw. Zana waited. And? 
What do you mean, and? What do you think? Zana shrugged and took another bite. Abby sighed. He made them drink each other's blood. Zana spit her food and started coughing. Abby smiled and wiped bits of food from her cheek. I think that's what they did, too, after he let them go. Sorry. Zana coughed. Her eyes were red. Why did he let them go? Probably for the same reason he wants to meet you in the open. To make a point. So word would spread. So people would know. People like Mama thrive on fear. Zana cleared her throat. But why me? I'm nobody. Trust me, I wish I knew. It's got to be one hell of a story. Zana thought about her predicament. What happened to them? The cousins or whatever? Dunno, they never came back. I think maybe he will kill me. It's possible. Zana watched Abby take another bite. There hadn't been a hint of concern in the American's voice. I'll make you a deal. Abby spoke in between chews. You help me, and I'll help you. Zana looked skeptical. Help you with what? Well, we may have to break a couple rules. Abby swallowed. Zana shook her head. I'm in enough trouble. Suit yourself. Abby took another bite and half mumbled with her mouth full. But I know a guy from back when I was covering the drug beat. The same guy who told me about the Venezuelans. Real creeper, but he's got his fingers in everything. If anyone knows what Mama's up to, it's Worm. Where is he? Uh-uh. That's not how these things work. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Zana looked at her companion sideways. Why can't you just be helpful like a normal person? Abby shrugged. Yes or no? Why can't you do it yourself? This is the kind of thing where the less you know, the better. That doesn't make any sense. Abby stopped. No one had ever challenged that statement before. Yes, it does. Why would someone ever not want to know why they were doing something, especially if it was bad? So if they get caught, they wouldn't have to lie. If you aren't willing to accept responsibility for what you do, then maybe you shouldn't be doing it. Oh, please, everybody lies. Not everybody. Everybody. Well, I will not lie. For you or anyone else, and I want to know what you're doing before I agree to help. What if I say no? Zana thought for a moment. Then she stood to leave. Wait, fine. Just sit down before anyone looks over here. Zana looked down at the American. Sit. Seriously, you stand out like a sore thumb. So? Zana took her chair and pushed her plate away. Are you hiding from someone? Look up at the balcony of the Chinese restaurant down the street. In the corner, inside the triangle of security guards. You see the men? Zana nodded. The Chinese restaurant was a bright palace in gold plastic. It was impossible to miss. It was also the closest thing to fine dining in the city. The balcony was enclosed with a glass railing and speckled with potted plants. It was popular with the well-to-do, since it was cooled by the ocean breeze and offered a view of the central square. The tables were wide and round and covered in white linen. The men were all dressed formally. The round-faced Chinese guy with a perpetual smile is Mr. Chang. He's sort of like deputy consul at the embassy. The older Afro-Guyanese in the green tie is the minister of state. The two on either side of him work for the government. The white guy with the glasses is Swiss, but I don't know who he is or why he's here. The rest of them aren't important. How do you know he's Swiss? I overheard him talking. Zana figured she meant eavesdropping. They are important men. Zana didn't hide her skepticism. Powerful men. They're crooked. 
Every single one of them. Zana didn't say anything. It was a given in Guiana. Do you know what a reporter is? I'm not stupid. Jeez. Abby rolled her eyes. Sensitive much? You didn't let me finish. It was a rhetorical question. Then why did you ask it? A reporter is like a social detective. The cops investigate the little crimes, the discreet crimes. Reporters find the big, systemic ones. We're always asking why the world is how it is. You see that truck down the street? Zana turned. The one parked on the side of the road says speedy delivery on the sides? I kept seeing it around at odd places, always parked. Most people probably wouldn't give it a second glance. Delivery trucks happen. No biggie, right? But it was strange that it was never moving. So when I was at the courthouse one day, I looked up the company. Doesn't exist. No licenses, no tax records, nothing. So the next time I saw it, I followed. You know what's inside? A military strike force. No fucking shit. They're in there right now. It's a government truck that travels around whenever senior government officials go out in public, like our friend the minister back there. Thing is, sometimes it's out for no apparent reason. I've seen it parked by schools and shops and farms. Kids and families walking around and playing next to a truck full of soldiers with bazookas and shit. And when I wrote a story, they blocked it. Court order. National security. Meanwhile, you're just not allowed to know when, or why, a military force is riding around your neighborhood ready to pounce out and blow people up. Or make them disappear. How fucked up is that? Are you trying to inspire me to commit a crime? If so, you can save your breath. I told you, I am in enough trouble already. I'm asking you to think about your country. Besides, where would Woodward and Bernstein have gotten without Deep Throat, huh? How would anyone have known about Prism if Snowden hadn't leaked the files? I don't know who those people are. Abby clenched her fists. It doesn't matter. You're not listening. The point is that the world is the same wherever you go. The bad guys are in charge, and so they make the rules. If you play by those rules, you've already lost. Real reporters go out and get the story however they can, then they get the proof. Once they know where to look, that's how it works. That's how it's always worked. I can't find anything on this Swiss guy. He's a freaking ghost. Do you know how weird that is? No email addresses or public records or social media profiles? But he's running all over the country with that truck in tow. Now he's having dinner with the Minister of State and the Chinese Ambassador and God knows who else. All I need is ten minutes inside. Inside where? You work at the sugar plant, right? Zana's eyes widened. She shook her head. Oh no. No, no, no. I need that job. She doubted she could get another. Not before she starved, anyway. Abby raised a hand. Just listen for a sec. She pulled a thin computer from her bag and opened it. You ever get out into the cane fields? Not if I can help it. Zana worked with a skeleton crew cleaning the machinery at night. The men tolerated her because she worked hard, took orders, and did all the heavy lifting. Most of the old plantation land had been swallowed by the city, and the largest cane fields had been moved an hour's drive away. But the company kept a few hectares planted as a barrier around the processing facility. There was no reason to go out into the cane fields, especially alone, especially at night. They were fenced, but then Zana was more worried about her co-workers. The reporter showed her companion the computer screen. Zana squinted. What is that? It looked like several pictures of the city, taken from the air, had been stitched together at odd angles. Thank God no one here has heard of drones. They never look up. Drones? 
I ordered one online, put a camera on it, makes following people really easy. How do you think I found out what was in that truck? She pointed to the screen. That's the factory where you work. These are the fields all around. You see that? She pointed near the top of the display. There was a structure in a clearing directly adjacent to the neat rows of sugarcane. Looks like a warehouse. I drove by. They have a single guard that sleeps up front by the dirt road there, but that's a good 300 yards from the back of the building. So? So, that's where the Swiss guy goes every day. If you sneak me into the cane field, we can hop the fence. It's only about 20 feet or so to the back door. Zana clenched her teeth. Come on, Abby urged. Ten minutes, that's it. I'm not going to sit there and read anything. I'll just take pictures. Zana looked up at the important men. They had glasses raised in a toast. Don't worry, this is Guiana. It's not like they're going to have security cameras or motion detectors or any of that shit. It's just a crappy old building. No one will know we were there. Zana kept her eyes on the men and wondered if Abby ever stopped talking. The reporter tossed her plate into a nearby trash can. How much do you owe? What? Zana looked back. You went to see your lawyer this morning. Sharks like Rankist aren't cheap. How much? Zana realized she had no idea. She hadn't thought about her debt, and hadn't bothered to look at the bill she swiped from Rankist's desk. The envelope was still stuffed in her pocket. She pulled it out. Abby snatched it from her hand. Hey! Zana reached, but Abby turned. 417 Guianese dollars, plus well over a thousand overdue. Zana was embarrassed and angry. Abby treated her like a child, or a little sister. Zana was neither. She wanted to punch the skinny American right in her big teeth. She took a deep breath. What's this? There was a second paper behind the invoice, a printout. Abby read, Dear Ms. Jace. Zana grabbed the paper and turned to the side. Dear Ms. Jace, I have received no response to my last two messages. This will be the last communication you receive from me. I am sending my associate to Guiana to speak with you directly. His appearance is nothing sinister, I assure you. If you refuse the offer, or even to speak to him, we will consider it final. As always, thank you for your time and consideration. Sincerely, Elias Prophet. P.S. Don't worry about a meeting time or location. My associate will find you. Abby smiled. What is that? Zana crumpled the paper and shoved it in her pocket. It's nothing. But what is it? A man who wants me to do something. I don't know. I don't care. I just want to get my son back. Who is it? Maybe I can check him out for you. Abby held out her hand. No. Thank you. Apparently, she was going to have a visitor anyway. Fine. But if you change your mind... I won't. Abby held up Rankist's invoice as if to show it off. Then she folded it and put it in her computer bag. You help me tonight, and not only will I hook you up with Worm, I'll cover your lawyer bill. Deal? Zana sat back and crossed her arms. I'm just trying to help. No, if you wanted to help, you would just help. You are taking advantage of my poverty. Is that a yes? Zana nodded. Fine. Ten minutes. The reporter smiled. See, this is why you shouldn't ask. Because if you hadn't made me tell you, you could have just said you didn't know anything, and you wouldn't be in any more trouble. She pointed to the computer screen. We'll go in here, near the water tower. You know the spot? Zana nodded, and Abby closed the program. Trust me. 
Abby raised her right hand as if swearing an oath. She smiled. I used to do stuff like this all the time back home. It's going to be so easy here. 